This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. Hello there. This is Brian, Warren, and Jennifer from the Wabash Valley Power Alliance Economic Development Team. Together with 19 rural electric member cooperatives, we serve communities in 48 Indiana counties. And we're proud to sponsor today's IEDA In Your Ear podcast. Enjoy! This podcast is the second in an occasional series of podcasts that will highlight the careers of economic development professionals as they transition out of the profession and into retirement. We want to use these sessions to document and highlight the service to Indiana that these individuals have provided. We want to provide an opportunity for them to share their experiences and wisdom and reflect upon the changes in the practice of economic development that they have seen during their careers. In this session, I'm talking to Don Babcock, Economic Development Director with NIPSCO, and Don has been an active member of the IEDA Legislative Committee for a number of years, uh, has been really engaged in uh, local redevelopment commissions and and that whole process with TIF, uh, and has served on a number of of boards and local commissions. So Don, uh, thanks for taking time to talk today. Uh, Lee, it's my pleasure, and uh, I just love the IEDA and all you're doing. You know, nothing great ever happens without leadership, and you've done a tremendous job for for all of us, and and certainly lifted the the esteem of the organization with the time you've been there. So okay, you. well, we can stop now, Don. Um, okay, <laughs> so uh, let's start with. So, how long were you with Nipsco? So I actually started back, and this will really date me, started back in 1977. Uh, they were trying to build a nuclear plant up on Lake Michigan, and I was uh, fresh out of uh, school with a, my mechanical engineering degree from Purdue Calumet. And you would have never seen me at, at, a, at a stodgy old utility, uh, except for that, hey, you're going to build a nuclear plant? That sounds interesting to me. So that's that's where I, I started. I had a bunch of odd jobs uh, before that. My whole family's bricklayer, so I'm very good at mixing mortar and building scaffold and uh, running around in wheelbarrows and some other things. So uh, that and delivering pizzas. And so I, I've always had a job. This is this is just this is the best job I've ever had, though, by a long shot. Well, so you have so you have the background then in in engineering. Um, so how did you make the transition? from trying to help uh, get a, a nuclear power plant built to doing economic development. What were those steps like? Yes, it, well, thanks, Lee. It's an interesting career uh, in that I started with NIPSCO and our, I was, we were on the nuclear plant and Three Mile Island hit and then Jane Fonda came out with her China Syndrome movie and you know, public sentiment switched tremendously against building nuclear plants. So. Uh, I was there on our nuclear staff almost uh, two years, and then I went into uh, gas application, which is more or less gas sales, and then I ran our compressed natural gas vehicle program for a few years. Uh, I moved from that into uh, assistant to one of our vice presidents and moved over into operations as superintendent, and then we had district managers at the time, so I was district manager, division manager, ran our call center, and over time got back into gas sales and uh, public affairs. 
and a number of those jobs had a community aspect to it. And so they were spread across Northern Indiana and I, I got to know a lot of people and I really like serving customers and on the public affairs side, I, I like that except for there wasn't enough meat to the job. I really wanted to be doing deals and helping build communities rather than just uh, being the spokesperson for NIPSCO. So interesting career path. And now I've been in economic development. It's, it's pushing 20 years now. So uh, it seems like it was like five, but it's, it's 20 for sure. So. Well, I think it's always interesting when you talk about um, when you talk about all of those different sort of aspects of your career getting to the point where you're doing economic development. I've always felt that economic development really required a really kind of almost a diverse background. I mean, there's so many different aspects that go into that. So how did all of those little pieces uh, come together for you to lead then to to doing economic development? Well, I think it really is a, a piece of this. I've always considered myself a salesperson and uh, a couple of my jobs actually specifically were in sales. And then also the community aspect when I was in uh, public affairs. And later in the middle of my career, I got my master's in business from the University of Chicago. So I got the financial aspects and I already had the engineering aspects. So, uh, you know, economic development requires not only to your efforts to build relationships with people, but the finances uh, and the financial decisions made relative to multi-million dollar projects are very important and, and particularly important to the people that are risking the money, the, the folks that are investing in your community. And you have to be credible to them that you know what you're doing and you know what's going on in the community and you can understand some of the more complex financials. So I think probably, you know, you said 20 years, I mean, for at least economic development. And, and my perception is the whole notion of how we practice economic development has evolved pretty radically over that period of time. And even just in the last few years, I mean, how have you seen, with your job change, but then also the job of the Lido directors and the communities that you served. How how's, how how has that all changed in the in, in the time that you've been doing this? Yeah, I think one of the big changes has been uh, availability of more information. Uh, the job used to be a lot more about relationships and knowing your community, and and that's still absolutely critical. Uh, but the other piece that's come up is understanding exactly where a, a business could go, uh, having a, a, some product to sell, an industrial park, understand how communities actually would get uh, sewer and water, you know, power, natural gas and fiber now to an industrial park. And so the, the job has become to require a much more diligence in providing quality information on a very timely basis. And, and the internet allows us to do that. When I first started, when we had a, a, somebody looking to locate in Northern Indiana, and since we're the utility, they would have six or seven sites. And we would fill out these, literally a, a binder of information on each one of the six or seven sites. And I'll put that in a pile of about, you know, eight or 10 inches high, and then run down to FedEx, and make sure it got to them the next day. So we're not quite in that mechanical fire drill, 
uh, but we are in the fire drill of getting quality of information to them on a timely basis and being able to present that information well. Another thing that has occurred over the years is that there's always been this dilemma of community development versus industrial development and uh, do you attract talent to your community or do you attract businesses and they attract talent? So that's a long-term chicken and egg. And I've, I've come to find that the more successful organizations team up with their chambers of commerce and their community leaders and, and work on building the quality of place part with people that are other than directly the economic development professionals and have the economic development professionals help get the community prepared for more industrial manufacturing type development. But uh, that swings community by community. And, you know, you're always following the lead of the political leadership in the community. But I, it's good to, have, to be part of the placemaking effort. But I don't believe that's necessarily job one for economic development professionals. I, I think really the whatever it takes to attract uh, high paying jobs uh, and uh, a lot of investment to your community is what's important. Kind of long-winded there, but. No, that's fine. No, that's good. I mean, we're here to listen to you. <laughs> so uh, uh, a couple yeah, of things. Okay. One is that it seems to me that, uh, and you referenced this in terms of being timely, but it seems to me that the speed with which decisions are made and the, the, the speed with which uh, communities have to respond has really increased a lot. And part of that's the internet. Uh, but then I think part of that is it used to just be a much longer process, and now communities really seem to have to be really ready uh, to to respond and and attract business much faster than they used to. Well, I think that's true, and that there's a lot more competition now for uh, sites and in Indiana as well as competing with other states. You know, we're lucky to be in a state with great leadership at the executive office uh, down with our governor. And, you know, I, I just go back to with uh, Mitch Daniels and then uh, now Vice President Pence and, and now uh, Governor Holcomb. And Indiana has a lot of uh, is building a, a tremendous reputation around the nation as being a place where it's great to do business now. That translates down to the local level is that the community's image is very important and, and probably the most important relative to whether you're going to land a big deal. And that means the community needs to be prepared. And that usually ends up being in a city. It's, it's making sure the mayor is supportive of the development. And then also his or her city council. In the county, it's usually the county commissioners. And that's a little bit more challenging that you have three of them rather than a a single person to work with, and then also the county council. But part of the economic development professional's responsibility is to educate them on the value of bringing a business to your community. And it's, and it's not just, you know, the high paying jobs, it's all the other stuff that comes along with those high paying jobs. And compete today, you really do need to have your act together when the client comes to town you need to be very professional. You have to be go bend to their needs. They may want a meeting with everyone at one time and you have, you know, the water department or solid waste management there, or even uh, the sewer department or some of the council members or the chamber of commerce. They, 
But they could ask for a whole litany of people to be in the room, or they could want just you. And uh, that swings by client. Uh, confidentiality is, is extremely critical in, in all these discussions, and which gets to be a challenge when it particularly gets to the city or county council uh, level. We routinely, and this has been a practice across Indiana, use an alias for the name of the uh, client that may be coming, so that at least you got a moniker that you can refer to who might be coming, but, and that's, that's used to, you know, protect the identity of the company. But the competition is so fierce now that if your community is not ready and, and it takes you three weeks to get a layer, letter of support from the mayor or from the city council or county commissioner, you're out of the running. You have got to be able to respond with information like that within a few days uh, maybe a week or two, but beyond that, the clients don't think that you're interested and, and they're not coming. Speed is one thing, but you've made reference a number of times to, to the concept of sort of leadership. And it's something that I think a lot of the young professionals that I've met with that are now, you know, members of IEDA have talked about and, you know, really wrestling a little bit with their own aspect of, you know, what are their leadership qualities? What do you think are some of the most important things? And we don't need names here, but, you know, when you're talking about whether it's mayors or elected officials, but what are the qualities of leadership that really are, in your mind, sort of the most important in terms of helping economic development succeed? Yeah, I'll start, I'll start with a real simple thing. To be a leader, you have to actually have one follower, at least one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I typically characterize leaders as people that can work with others to develop a common vision. So it's it, it may be about an industrial park. It may be about rebuilding the downtown. It may be about a an issue relative to training. But, but being a, with a group of leaders and other people in your community that work together to create a common vision of what you want to accomplish, then you as a leader, you make commitments to that team and then you fulfill them. And when you do those three things, you will find that there's a lot of people want to be around you because you are a consensus builder. You're somebody that genuinely wants to hear all sides of an issue and different opinions, even if they don't line up with yours, at least if, if they're honest and genuine, you should be listening to those opinions and incorporating them in the plan. And then when you say this is the plan, you start to march the hill and you start making some promises and you fulfill those promises. And the other thing that's important is, is to celebrate when you hit different milestones and whatever the process is. I mean, the ribbon cuttings are nice, of course, and the, you know, the groundbreakings are nice too, but there's other milestones along the way. And, and you'll find that if you're, if you compliment fellow members of the team, uh, you will earn their respect because of your genuineness. And if, if your compliment is specifically about an action that they were part of. And so I spend a lot of time looking for good people and try to help them because you can't do it all by yourself and, and, and good leaders recognize that and they, they suck their own ego in and, and start trying to build others' egos. Well, that's helpful. That, I appreciate that. And, and I think that applies differently. So the other aspect I think of leadership 
that I think you have have been a big part of is you know you've served on a number of boards, you've served on commissions. Um, you know, you can't always perhaps be at the front of the parade, but I think there's an aspect of where you sometimes have to lead from the middle, and that's what I think uh, good board members, good commission members uh, do. Reflect a little bit on your service on some of those boards, on some of those commissions. Um, you know, what makes a good board member or a good commission member, people who are part of something that's a little bit bigger? Yeah, and I, I think that's a great question, Lee, and that uh, first off is, and that kind of professional, your time is extremely valuable. So it is really important where you spend that time and, and frankly, on which boards you are on. Some boards you get on to meet other people, but the, the best boards are ones where you're trying to accomplish something and they have a defined mission. And early on, being on the board, you learn what the mission is. You participate in whatever planning processes there are. There's simple things like showing up on time for the meeting, uh, reading the notes in advance of the meeting, making sure that you are participating in the meeting in a, a respectful way. You know, it, particularly earlier in my career, it took me a long time to figure out that uh, I should uh, spend more time listening and less time talking. You know, I never learned anything uh, by listening to myself. I, <laughs> you can learn a lot more listening to others, and particularly others that you respect. And so I try to get on boards that, that want to do things and be part of something bigger than myself. And that's, that's what I find very rewarding in, in being in the economic profession is because you can look around after some period of time in your community and you'll be able to say, I was part of that. We did this. Nobody thought we could get this done. We got it done, and I was uh, a player in, in making that happen. More often than not, nothing happens by one person, but uh, you can't make yourself uh, all powerful, but you can make yourself powerless. And one way to be powerless is to be really negative or just be over in the corner and not participate in meetings or community activities. So. You know, look to be positive and, and stay with positive people and, you know, create a bright future. And that's that's where I spend my time and, and on the boards that I participate in. Well, and you've been a great participant in our legislative committee, certainly since I've been on board. And we're, we're going to miss we're going to miss your perspective. Um, but I think, again, you, you know, I, my impression of your activity on on the legislative committee was um, you would listen, um, you would weigh in when you had uh, good, viable information, and you always helped us really understand, particularly when it came to economic development tools or TIF, um, you know, your expertise uh, oftentimes was really a deciding factor in helping us figure out uh, what kinds of decisions we were making relative to some of the legislation. So I really appreciate your participation there. Well, Lee, that's, that's very generous. I, I, I think in economic development, I, I think you want to be, and this should be one of your goals is to be a contributor. Um, and, and you can be, you know, the, 
uh, Secretary of Commerce uh, Hassler a few years ago. He, he had some previous experience at uh, Eli Lilly. You know, he, he, he was going to pitch one time. He talked about being in economic development was a noble profession. And that really hit home with me. I'm not sure it's quite up there with a nurse and a doctor, but certainly the things that you do in your community with others uh, can positively or negatively impact the lives of people in that community and, the, and their livelihoods going forward. And when you can be part of helping other people have a better life, I mean, there is no, there is no better reward that you can have personally than, than that. And, you know, I've certainly taken that serious in my career. Uh, and, and also your point early on uh, participation you know, at, at NIPSCO early on, uh, I would leave a meeting and I was frustrated that I didn't uh, stand up and say something, even if it was controversial. And I got better over time about participating in a meeting. And, you know, sometimes, particularly when something is very sensitive or controversial, you really have to spend uh, some thought relative to making a tactful presentation of a perhaps a controversial issue. And that takes some practice and uh, it doesn't happen all at one time. Uh, I know I used to be really, really shy and an introvert and like many engineers. And uh, over time I found that that wasn't gonna work being an economic development. You have to be out there. You have to get in a uncomfortable zone sometimes and work your way through to a successful outcome. You gotta, you gotta really believe that at the end of your speech or at the end of your meeting, you got to visualize yourself in the winner's circle. And in, in public speaking, I found, and I've, I've had a number of courses in that, I, and I needed a lot, was that you really have to spend some time getting prepared and, and knowing your audience. But then it's about understanding what you want to say, say it in a very concise way and with some energy and uh, emotion and genuineness. And uh, even if you're a poor speaker, you know, being genuine and authentic will carry the day. Uh, but more often than not, people want to hear people that are genuine and authentic and also can present some information that perhaps they hadn't heard before. I think we have our headline for this podcast, Don Babcock, the introvert. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> well, so I think you, you've touched upon this, but, but, you know, we do have many, I think, really uh, strong, dedicated young professionals coming into the, to the economic development profession. Um, and they really are trying very hard to learn and be, be good stewards. What advice would you share from your perspective and your experience for those young professionals coming into the profession? Well, that's a great question. You know, I, I love being around young people. They make me feel younger. I don't know <laughs> uh, if I'm accepted into the group or not as, as the old guy anymore. And I found early in my career is that when you're young, you don't think you get any respect. And let me tell you, it follows your, your whole career. You have to work for respect when you're young or and you have to earn respect as you get older that that never changes but but my what helped me be successful was i always tried to find mentors to listen to and to more or less copy what they were doing and uh they sometimes they knew they were my mentor and uh, many times uh, not uh, I, I look for people that are successful 
and we'll take some risk. You know, it takes, uh, and this is what I, I found very hard, certainly early in my career, it, it takes uh, some guts and some energy if you're going to commit to being in front of a group of 50, 100, or 200, or maybe even 500 people and try to convey a message to them in a succinct way. And that takes a lot of guts, but if you're going to be successful at it, it takes a lot of work up front and getting prepared. And, and you'll know when you hit a, a home run with a group and that they're all uh, listening to you. And, you know, they actually, after the meeting, they actually even say a sentence about whatever you were talking about. I always look at that as a sign that I must have got through to somebody if they remembered even five words that I said. But I think it's important when you get up to the podium, you're, you got to be swinging for the fence. I mean, you got to try to hit the home run. And sometimes you hit a single, sometimes a double, sometimes a home run. And unfortunately, sometimes you strike out, but you still got to keep getting up there and going because in the economic development profession, it's expected that you are going to lead the community to a better day. And you find it right away. You can't do that by yourself. So finding good people around you, find mentors, whether they know they're a mentor or not, and just hang with the good people and you'll do well. Well, that helps. Um, so uh, we're nearing the end here. One of the questions that I like to ask, though, if you were, if you were starting over and you're looking back, uh, what would you do differently if you had the chance uh, to, to do something over again? Yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, regrets uh, in any place. I, I've always believed that if I was uh, honest and worked hard and hung around with good people, that I would be uh, at least somewhat successful. But one thing that I, uh, uh, or there's probably a few things I might do differently, particularly in the economic development professional field, would be I would spend more time right out of the gate understanding more of the complex financial issues relative to tax increment uh, financing, uh, tax abatement. I would, I would read the statutes inside and out. I would attend redevelopment commission meetings. I would try to elbow my way into where I was a, a commissioner on the redevelopment commission. Uh, I might even uh, consider running for a public office. It might be a council position or uh, something like that. But I think uh, young people would do well to get the basics down of how businesses make money and how you can help the business make more money in your community. So I, I got on the Michigan City Redevelopment Commission back in 2016. Well, it's actually like 2014, but I became president in 2016. And it was there for another four years. But I learned a tremendous amount in the first couple of years actually being in the middle of the deal because many times in economic development, you're just passing along information for someone else to use. And it's not quite the same as being in the deal. So one of the things that I would suggest is find a way to get on a redevelopment commission or work close to some members of the redevelopment commission and, and, and get close to pouring over the deals and how they actually got done. The other thing in, in communities, I didn't touch on this much before, but this community preparedness is that you really have a leg up if you've got a, a quality industrial park and a quality shell building or two in the community and some relationships with developers that actually want to take some risk and 
have the risk lowered also by the community relative to their incentives that they're putting in. So uh, that's what I would do different. I would I would practice my skills earlier on on, on speaking also because the, the financial part of it and the, uh, the, the math part of it and even the development part of it uh, is all learnable. Uh, the the public speaking takes a little bit more practice, at least for me anyway, to try to be effective. Well, Don, uh, again, I'm I, I'm just always um, I'm always uh, overwhelmed with the amount of sort of knowledge expertise that you've brought to this, and have been very thankful that you've you've contributed that to to our efforts, particularly with the legislative committee. Uh, is there anything that I haven't given you an opportunity to say that you want to say before we close? Well, I'll, I'll give a little pitch on a couple things, if, if you don't mind. Sure. It's uh, number one, if, if, just think of yourself as uh, be a doer and not just a dreamer. And I'd say also to hang with the A-sayers. I, I, Lee, I think you've heard this pitch before, but you know, as, as you're in a community, you're involved with people and you do bigger and bolder things. There are always going to be the naysayers, the, the, the folks that are afraid, the folks that have done some stuff before and, and weren't successful. And to the extent those people show up at your meetings and, you know, start causing some issues, to the extent that they have a logical point of view that should be incorporated, you should, you should welcome them and include that in whatever the plan is. But when they get out their pitchforks and their sledgehammers and their venom and their negative political agenda – I say, just forget them. I say, hang with the yaysayers. Hang with the people that believe that our collective positive energies can create a better day. And that's that's what I would encourage anybody to do in these economic zone positions. You are in a, a great spot of opportunity in your community to make a difference. And I hope you all uh, do the best you can to capitalize on that. That's a great way to end. Thanks, Don. And, you know, uh, again, you know, I talked a little bit before we started this today, but after you've taken a little bit of time off and you realize that your board will be looking for an opportunity for you to come back and, and re-engage with us at some level. So I hope you'll keep that in mind. Well, well that's very flattering, Lee, and of, of course I will. All right. Thanks, Don. We've been talking this time on the podcast Thanks. Uh, with Don Babcock, the Economic Development Director with NIPSCO. Um, he is retiring here at the end retired. of... Uh, all right. Uh, is retired or retiring at the end of uh, 2020, uh, but we still will have him engaged at some point. Again, Don, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Well, thank you, Lee. It was an honor, and uh, 2021 is going to be a great year, and I'm sure you're, you and your team are going to make it that way. Thank you. Thanks, Don. This has been the IEDA In Your Ear podcast brought to you by Wabash Valley Power Alliance. Thank you for listening. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association and all rights are reserved.